this morning would be your words, your thoughts, and that, Lord, you will be honoured, that you will be glorified by these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, of course, it's Father's Day today, and so this week I was praying about what to preach next, whether just to continue on in the book of Acts or to do something different, and I just sort of couldn't get this verse out of my mind, and so I felt the Lord was leading me there, and so that's where we are this morning in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. And the book of 1 Timothy, of course, is a letter written by Paul, okay, and it's written to young Timothy, and it's telling him how to deal with uh, problems that arise within the church, and also it's a letter of instruction telling him how to conduct himself within the church, because Timothy there, of course, is, you know, he's now the pastor at Ephesus, and so Paul is giving him some advice concerning these things. <coughs> and this verse in particular, excuse me, <coughs> this verse here in particular begins with Paul telling Timothy to let no man despise thy youth. In other words, Paul is telling Timothy here not to let anyone look down upon or to discount his ministry. The word despise here means to look down upon. And so the idea is, you know, he's, he's not to let anyone look down upon him. And more importantly, it's the idea that he's not to give anyone reason to look down upon him, not to give anyone reason to discredit his ministry. And so Paul essentially is telling Timothy here to conduct himself in such a way that commands respect, okay, in a way that commands respect from those around him, commands respect from his congregation, okay, those who, who he is ministering to. Now, he's the leader, and so naturally the people are looking at him. They're looking to him to be the example. They're following his example. And so he needs to be a godly example, an example of the believers, now, I know this verse is written to Timothy as a pastor concerning his example to the church. But as I was thinking about it, you know, the truths can also apply to us as fathers. And, of course, mothers, you know, so don't switch off this morning. But it applies to us as fathers as well because we are the leaders within the home. So that's the role God has given us. And we are to be examples to our children. You know, we're to be an example, a godly example within the home. And so in this verse this morning, we see that, Paul gives Timothy six areas that he's to be an example in. And I want us to see that these same six areas apply to us as fathers as well. So first of all, we see that Timothy is told to be an example in word. It says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word. The, the, word, Greek, the word here, sorry, where it says the word, that's the Greek word logos, okay, and it simply means speech or manner of conversation. And so what he's saying here to Timothy is he's saying that you need an example in speech, okay, and what comes out of your mouth. He's telling him to watch what he says both in public and also in private. That he needs to watch what he's saying. Make sure that his speech brings glory and honor unto the Lord. And so because Timothy is in a position of authority, yeah, as we said, he's, He's the pastor now at Ephesus, okay? He's the leader there. Because he's in this position of authority, the people are paying close attention, aren't they? Okay, all eyes are upon young Timothy, and they're listening to what comes out of his mouth. They're listening to his conversation. They're listening to the words that he speaks, not just from the, the pulpit in teaching, but also just when he's talking to them, or when he's down the street, or when he's away from church. He, he's got to be careful of what he says. He's under the watchful eyes of others, and therefore he needs to be careful that his words do not bring reproach upon the name of Christ. This conversation brings glory and honor to the Lord. 
You know, the same is true for us as fathers, isn't it? You know, and mothers as well, as I said. But for us as fathers, you know, God wants us to be examples in word within the home. You know, that our, our words that come out of our mouth reflect Him. That they bring glory and honor to Him. You know, much like Timothy's congregation would be watching and listening to what came out of Timothy's mouth, our children are listening to us, aren't they? Our children are paying close attention to what, you know, dad says, what mum says. They're listening to our words. And therefore, we need to be very mindful that our speech is God-honoring, don't we? We need to be ever mindful that our speech is God-honoring. Let's just turn to a couple of passages. Ephesians chapter 4, if you would. Ephesians 4, there's two verses I want us just to quickly look at here. In Ephesians 4, verse 15, first of all, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. It says, speaking the truth in love. Now, we are to make sure that what comes out of our mouth is the truth, but it's also spoken in love. That applies to us as parents, applies to us as fathers. Verse 29 as well, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed, out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And so we're told that our communication is not to be corrupt. It is to be pure. It is to be holy. You know, when it, what comes out of our mouth needs to be edifying unto the Lord. You know, it needs to build others up, doesn't it? Not tear others down. It needs to build others up, not ridicule them. It needs to be spoken in love, not in malice. It needs to be clean it needs to be pure now our communication needs to glorify god and like i said the reality is our children are listening they're paying attention to what we say and they end up speaking like we do they learn from us don't they you know and you hear your child say something you think oops that was me they picked that up from me particularly if it's something bad we're ashamed that they picked it up you know, they end up speaking like us. They, they repeat what they've he- heard as well. And so if we're talking about someone badly, our children end up repeating that, don't they? Or they get a tainted view of that person because we've been saying that. We've been bad-mouthing someone. You know, if our speech is not edifying, then our children will follow that example. You know, if we're constantly tearing others down with our speech, it shouldn't surprise us to find that our children do the same, you know? If we're constantly doing that within the home and then we hear our child doing the same thing about his friends or peers at school, well, where did we get it from? Got it from us. Learnt it from our mouth. So our children are listening and so we need to make sure that our speech reflects our relationship with the Lord, that it is an example in word within the home. Secondly, we're told here that Timothy was to be an example in conversation. He says, be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation. Now, of course, normally when we hear this word conversation in a modern sense, we we think about speech. But the word conversation here in the Greek is actually talking about behavior. Okay, it's talking about behavior, not speech. That's what Paul is telling Timothy here is that not only does he need to make sure that what comes out of his mouth is edifying, is God-honoring, but also that what he does honors and glorifies God. He needs to watch his behavior. You see, people wouldn't just be listening to young Timothy. They would be watching him. 
with eagle eyes, especially as, you know, the leader within the church, everybody's looking at him. You know, more watchful eyes are upon him than anybody else. They're watching his conduct. And therefore, Timothy needed to make sure that his actions didn't give them reason to discount his ministry. Now, there's nothing worse than hearing of a pastor who's been caught doing something and his ministry is destroyed because of it. Okay, or he was seen doing something, or there's a rumor going around, destroys him. Okay, and Timothy here is warned of that. He's warned to make sure that his conduct glorifies God. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, now Paul writes to the Philippians about their conduct. Let's just turn over there. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 27, it says, Only let your conversation, that's that word again, let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. It says at the start there, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, Paul tells the Philippians to conduct themselves in a way that reflects what? The gospel. The gospel of Christ. And that is essentially exactly what Paul is telling Timothy here. He's saying, make sure your conduct reflects the gospel. Make sure your conduct reflects the word of God. And so in other words, he was to seek to make sure that his life daily was governed by God's word. That his actions were governed by what God's word says you know once again the same is true for us as fathers we not only need to watch what we say but we need to watch what we do don't we we need to watch what we do again our children they're not just listening to us they are watching us with eagle eyes they're watching what daddy does they're watching what mummy does as well they're paying attention they're watching the way we behave the way we conduct ourselves in certain situations now, they're looking at the things we do, the places we go, what we watch on TV, what we listen to. Our children are paying attention. And therefore, we need to make sure that everything we do is done to the glory of God. That's what First Corinthians tells us, isn't it? Chapter 10, verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. We need to make sure that what we do each day is done with that in mind. I'm doing this for the glory of God. And therefore, that governs our actions, governs our response, governs what we watch, what we listen to, what we do. You know, this also means that we need to make sure we're not seen to be hypocrites before our children. You know, we're teaching them one thing, but then we're doing something totally different. You know, our children, as I said, they're watching us. And if they see us to be hypocrites, well, that destroys their faith, doesn't it? Okay, it hinders them in their faith. Because daddy teaches one thing, but he lives another thing. And so we need to make sure that we're not seen to be hypocrites before our children, that we live what we teach, that we live God's word, God's truth before them each day. Thirdly here, we're told to be an example in charity. It says, be there an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity. Now this, of course, is the Greek word agape. That's a word we've heard before. And it's that unconditional love. And in this verse here, it's talking about love towards both God and towards one another. And so he's telling Timothy here to be not only an example in 
his speech and in his actions. But he's saying also, Timothy, you need an example of love. An example of the kind of love you should have towards God and the kind of love you should have towards others, towards your congregation, towards your brethren. Now, his love for God and indeed for others was to be seen by his speech and by his actions. Now, that's how he would demonstrate his love, wouldn't it? He'd be seen by what he said and what he did. His love was to be seen in his life. Now, 1 John chapter 4 makes it clear that love is a characteristic of the saved. Just turn over there. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. First John 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. You know, love is a characteristic of someone who is saved. It's a characteristic of someone who is born again, because it's a reflection of Christ. And so Timothy is told here to be an example of that love unto the brethren. He says, you, you know, you're, you're teaching them about love. Well, you need to live it in your own life. You need to be an example of that love. As I said, his actions and his words would be evidence of this love. You know, as fathers, once again, we likewise need to be examples of love within the home, don't we? We need to be examples of love. Our children, when they look at us, they ought to see clearly our love for God. First of all, they should see our love for God. You know, our speech and our behavior before them ought to make that clear. You know, they ought to look at Daddy and they ought to say, Daddy loves God. And it's clear from what he says and what he does. Same with Mummy. They should look at us as their parents and they should see our love for the Lord. You know, they shouldn't be left with doubts, with questions. Oh, I'm not really sure where Daddy stands. I'm not really sure whether he loves God. They shouldn't have those doubts. They should know without a shadow of doubt we love God and we want to serve God first of all. You know, not only that, we should be an example of love within the home also when it comes to our relationships in the home. In our relationship with our wives and also our relationship with our children. You know, Ephesians 5 makes it clear that, you know, we are love our wives. Just turn over there. We know the verse as well, but Ephesians 5 <coughs> Verse 25, Ephesians 5, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, and that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. Talks about in Ephesians 5 about the fact that as husbands we're to love our wives as Christ loved the church. That, that same kind of love. You know, and our children, when they look at us, they should see that love in that relationship. They should see that, you know, there is a, a, a love within that marriage relationship. That we love our wives and that wives love their husbands. You know, we should be an example to them of the kind of love that should exist within that marriage relationship. The kind of love that should exist within a Christian home. You know, and that includes love towards our children as well. 
you know, that we show our love to them by teaching them, by training them. Show our love to them even in our discipline of them. You know, that we do it in love, not provoking them to wrath, as it says in Ephesians 6, verse 4. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We have a responsibility to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We have a responsibility to discipline them, but we do it in love. We do it because we love them, and our children should know that. They should understand that, that we do love them. And they should see that in our actions towards them. You know, in so many homes today, there is no love. You know, there is no love. In so many homes today, so many children are brought up in homes where they don't understand what love is. You know, that should not be the case in a Christian home. You know, there should be no doubt in our homes to our children that, they, that we love the Lord and we love each other in their marriage relationship and that we love them. There should be no doubt they should see an example of love. Fourthly, here Timothy is told to be an example in spirit. In spirit, it says, But be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit. Now, spirit here is talking about Timothy's attitude. He says, Be an example in the right spirit, okay, and having the right spirit, having the right heart attitude in everything that he did. You see, Timothy could say all the right things. He could conduct himself in the right manner before men. But, you know, if his heart attitude wasn't right, then number one, it wasn't going to glorify God. And number two, eventually people would see through it, wouldn't they? Okay, and we've talked about that in the last few weeks as I've been preaching. We've talked about the fact that our service needs to be with the right heart attitude. And Paul wanted Timothy to understand this truth, understand that the spirit in which he did things was of great importance. Timothy needed to make sure that everything he did was done with a right heart attitude and it was done to the glory of God. You know, again, as we've said, Timothy was being watched. Everyone's looking to Timothy as the example. And so, you know, if his attitude is wrong, well, then the people are going to pick up on that, aren't they? And it's going to bring, number one, reproach upon the name of Christ, and it's also going to lead to them despising his youth, his ministry, because his attitude is wrong. And so Timothy needed to make sure that he was an example in spirit, that he didn't give them a reason to discount or discredit his ministry. You know, as fathers, once again, we need an example also of this home. We need an example in spirit to our children. You know, the spirit with which things is done is of utmost importance. You know, as, I, as we've said, our children are watching. And, you know, they pay attention to our attitude. They pay attention to the attitude that we have and what they should see is an attitude that glorifies God. If they don't, then we're doing something wrong, aren't we? They should see an attitude that glorifies and honors the Lord. Everything we do is to be done with the right spirit, particularly when it comes to our service for God, particularly when it comes to our ministry within the church. We need to make sure that our attitude is right. You know, think about it. If we have a bad attitude concerning our ministry, that we're involved in, you know, we're always leaving the house grumpy when we're heading off to our ministry. What do you think that teaches our children? It teaches them that daddy doesn't like serving the Lord, daddy hates it, it's running into his time at home, whatever it might be. It's teaching them a bad spirit, isn't it? 
So we have to be very mindful of that. Make sure that we have a right attitude about our ministries. A right attitude about going to church as well. You know, think about it. If you've got a bad attitude about going to church, your children are picking up on that. You're teaching them that. Well, we're teaching them that. We're teaching them a bad attitude. So we need to be very mindful of the spirit in which we do things. Now, I thought about this this week. You know, we love quoting to our children that verse, Philippians 2, verse 14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, don't we? You know, our children whinge and they complain when they're asked to do a chore or they're, they're told to do something, and we quote that verse to them. It applies to us as well, doesn't it? That verse applies to us as well. You know, if we have a bad attitude when we are asked to do something, you know, someone asks us to help them out or to be involved in something, if we have a bad attitude about it and we're murmuring and complaining, then all we're doing is teaching our kids that attitude. And we're being hypocrites as well, aren't we? Now, we've just said to them, do all things without murmuring and complaining, and then we're doing the exact same thing. We're teaching them by our actions, by our attitude. You know, in Philippians 2, verse 5, we're told to have the mind of Christ. Let's just turn there quickly. Philippians 2. Verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we're to have the mind of Christ or the attitude of Christ. And what was Christ's attitude? Well, it was one of willing service, wasn't it? He was a willing servant. He willingly obeyed the will of the Father. He willingly went to the cross for you and for me. And that's the attitude that should be seen in our lives. Our children should see that servant spirit. We have a willingness to serve others, a willingness to help others, a willingness to serve within the church, a willingness to serve God. We should see that spirit within us, a right, hard attitude. Fifthly here, we're told to be an example in faith. In faith, be that, but be that an example of the believers in word, conversation, charity, spirit, in faith. You know, Timothy is told here to live a life of faith before others now he was to be seen by those around him seen by those who are under his leadership to be a man of faith you know someone who when the the trials came when the hardships of life came he continued to trust in god now he's teaching them from the pulpit about trusting in god well then timothy needed to live it timothy needed to be a man of faith now he needed to be someone who you know, when those trials came, his faith was unwavering. It stood fast. It remained the same. It wasn't changing from day to day. It was a constant, his faith in the Lord. He was to be an example to all those around him of the kind of faith that we are to have in our God, an unmovable faith in every situation of life. Once again, the same is true of us as fathers, we are to be examples of faith within the home. Now, when our children look at us, they should see the faith that we have in God. And they should see that it's real. They should see that it's unwavering. You know, in James, it talks about the fact that, you know, faith that wavers, it's like the sea, tossed and driven. It's up and down. Our children shouldn't see that. They shouldn't see that our faith is up and down. You know, the one week we're on a high, the next week we're down in the low and we've got no faith. Our faith should be constant. Our faith should be steady. 
unwavering. No matter the situation that comes our way, we need to demonstrate faith, trusting in our God to take care of us. You know, this faith is not you know, a faith without substance, is it? It's a faith based on the Word of God. It's a faith based on the promises contained therein. Promises like Matthew chapter 6. Let's just turn there, Matthew 6. It's a passage we know well, but let's go and read it. Matthew 6, verse 25. In Matthew 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? You know the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, Shall he not much more clothe ye, uh, you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof you know matthew 6 is a passage of great promise isn't it great promise that like he takes care of you know the flowers takes care of the birds he's going to take care of us we have nothing to fear we have nothing to worry about he will clothe us he will give us food and raiment he will give us a roof over our heads you know as fathers as mothers as parents we need to put faith in that word put faith in that promise and show that faith to our kids by when the hard times come, we keep trusting God's word. And we point them to passages like Matthew 6 and we say, God is in control. We show them our faith by the way that we respond, by the way we act. You know, living by faith means that we believe that promise no matter what comes our way. We keep trusting everything to his care. You know, Philippians 4 verse 6 Turn over there, it's a verse that I love personally. Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Be careful or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, we're told here that we don't need to stress about things. We don't need to worry about things, be anxious over things. What do we need to do? Commit it to the Lord in prayer. And you know, our children should see that. Our children should see that when those hard times come, that what we do is we commit it to the Lord in prayer. They should see that evident in our lives. Pray with them about it. And then share with them how God answers that prayer. You know, Sam and I love nothing more than be able to go to our kids and say, you know, we we're praying about this, God provided. And there's been a few times where God has provided in a massive way, and it's just awesome to be able to show it to our kids, and they go, wow, you know, God is awesome. You know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about praying with them about it, and then when God responds, show them. God responded, God answered. God is real. Our faith is real. Show them the truth. They need to see an unwavering faith in the Lord. 
fulfilling the promises of his word. Lastly, here we're told to be an example in purity. In the first sentence, it says, Be thy example in believers, in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. <clears throat> now, Paul tells Timothy to be an example of purity. You know, his life, his conduct was to speak of purity, holiness. You know, Timothy was living in Ephesus, and Ephesus was a wicked, sinful place. You know, this particular time in history, it was a terrible place to live in that sense. It was a wicked city. It was a set of center for all kinds of immorality. And in the midst of this sinful place, Paul says to Timothy, be an example of purity. Be an example of holiness. Now, he needed to be an example to those around him, the other believers, of what it meant to live a pure and clean life. So essentially, Paul is telling Timothy, saying, be on guard and make sure you don't become entangled with the world. Make sure you don't become entangled and snared by the wickedness of those around him. Rather, Timothy needed to stand separate and live a pure, holy life. Be an example of purity. You know, the world today is much like Ephesus, isn't it? The world today is extremely wicked. It's full of immorality. There's wickedness everywhere we look. It's got to the place where, you know, that's the norm. That's the accepted way of behavior. And in the midst of all this wickedness, we need to be examples of purity. You know, we need to be examples to our children of holiness, of how God wants us to live. You know, we need to live moral, upright lives. You know, 1 Peter 1 verse 16 says, Be ye holy as he is holy. <laughs> Our God is holy. And we are to strive to be like him. And so the standards should not be going down. The standards should be going up, if anything, shouldn't they? You know, we need to keep the bar high. As parents, you know, we are to maintain high moral standards within the home. The moment we start being lax, the moment we start, you know, putting aside purity... Well, our kids are going to take it further, aren't they? You know, the next generation will go further again. We need to set that bar high. We need to keep those standards of morality high within the home, seeking to reflect His holiness, His purity. We need to show our kids the importance of being separate, the importance of being different from the world. Help them understand that we are different because we're saved. You know, we've talked to our kids about the fact that we don't drink alcohol, you know, and we told them why, and also smoking, things like that. You know, it's funny because Jeremy now, when he sees someone drinking, he'll be like, that's illegal. And I've had to say to him, Jeremy, that's the norm. That's, that's the world. That's ev- most people, they drink, mate. And you just need to assume that most people do drink because that's the world. But we are different because we're saved, because we're Christian. I'd explain to him that we are the strange ones. But that's good. It's a good thing. You know, and if our kids feel like they're strange at school, that's a good thing too. If they're being ostracized because of their faith, that's a good thing. And we encourage that. Encourage them to stand aside, to stand separate, to be holy, to live pure. You know, and our kids are not going to do that if mum and dad aren't doing it. They're not going to stand separate. They're not going to take a stand at school. They're not going to be different 
if we're not being different. If we're acting like the world, if we're letting that standard of purity go down, the morality go down, our kids are going to go further. They're not going to, you know, it's very rare for them to buck the trend, isn't it? To go the other direction. Most times it goes down further. So we need to set the bar high. Live a life of purity for our kids. Be holy as he is holy. You know, Paul began this verse by telling Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. You know, to not give others a reason to look down upon him. To not give them a reason to discount his ministry. To not bring dishonor upon the name of Christ. And that's why he tells him to be an example in these six areas of life. You know, as fathers, as parents, as parents one day, those who aren't parents yet, you know, our children are looking to us as examples. They're following our leadership. And so we need to be very careful that we maintain a godly example within the home. Examples in word, conversation, charity, spirit, faith, and in purity. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, we do pray that you would help each and every one of us here. That those who are parents already, especially help us, Lord, to maintain a, an example of holiness within the home. That, Lord, we would be godly examples to our children. Lord, as they look at us, they would see you. And Lord, we pray you'd help those who are you know, not married yet, to help them to realize that these things apply to them as well, Lord. Uh, looking forward to that day when they get married and they become parents themselves as well. We bless as we close now. Remember these truths. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.